This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, go with me. Yeah, go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll end up there in a minute here or two. And again, we are on the premarital class teachings that started already. Um, and then this, my session of this is intimacy and a devastation of illicit sex. And uh, my goal today is to go ahead and tie all these things together and conclude my, my session of teaching. Um, but that doesn't mean it includes what God is saying. Continue to tune in to hear what the Spirit of God is saying as we move on. Um, but God is so faithful in these, these teachings in this time. And, and again, always understand this. When we say premarital, we're really talking about those that are not married. Again, the married folks can glean from this. But guess what, married folks? You already cut covenant. You're in that thing. Right? But we're talking about folks that hadn't cut covenant yet. Right? They have not uh, uh, had their vows and said, I do yet. We're talking to those. Those single individuals. Right, that are out there and uh, in their single state, or whatever reason why they're in that single state. But we're really focus on these teachings around premarital class for those. Um, and the first thing I'm going to say here, and, and, and the thing I'm going to say is around sex, because <clears throat> again, being single in that state, uh, a lot of the mentality is around sex. You know, that three-letter word that that you love to think about, even though you might not love to say, but you're thinking about it all the time is sex. S-E-X, right? And, and here's the thing. This is a statement, right? Sex outside of marriage is sin. No wonder you thinking of it, think about it so much because it's sin. It's amazing how our mind is focused on sin, right? That's that sinful nature, that flesh that we have. And, and so sex outside of marriage, it is sin, right? And we're going to hopefully dive into that even more today and bring these things to a, to a close from this aspect of teaching. All right, and so questions we wanted to answer in this teaching. The first one we want to answer is what is intimacy? And we spent the last few weeks really diving into that. What is intimacy? The next question we wanted to answer is, is dating slash courting, I'm sorry, in dating slash courting, why can't we have sex? Right? Because, you know, we love each other. Right? We're dating courting. You know, we're going to get married. Why can't we have sex? Right? I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, it's I this, I we that. You know, we ain't heard God yet, but, we, but we're talking about what we want and what we're after. But the question is, in my dating and courting, how, why can't I have sex? Right? And then the other question we want to answer is, what is God's standard pertaining to sexual relationships? What is God's standard pertaining to sexual relationships? Because that will answer the question of why you can't have sex in your dating and courting uh, a state you're in. And then lastly, we're going to get to today is what is the devastation of illicit sex? What is the devastation of illicit sex? All right. And so first question again. In dating court, why can't we have sex? So for the believer, God's standard is very clear. Notice I said for the believer. Right. Again, the Christian may be a, another statement or maybe understanding. You may say, I'm a Christian, but are you a believer? But for the believer, those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I want to emphasize Lord. I know they're both. I know he is both your Lord and Savior. But I feel like I, I, it's amazing how people forget that Jesus is their Lord. 
That means He is their master. Right? So for the believer, God's standard is very clear. The body, your body, is not for fornication. Then what's my body is for? Your body is for the Lord. What does it mean by my body is for the Lord? Your body is for the purpose of the Lord that He has in His intentions. That's why you have a body. You know, your physical body. That's why you're here on this, this physical earth. Right? You have a purpose. That's why you were born in the time that you were born in to fulfill God's purpose while you're here on this earth. God has a purpose for your body. And that's to glorify Him. And for the believer, that is God's standard. And the body is not for fornication. Now, we mentioned this word fornication. Fornication is having sexual relationship outside of the marriage covenant. If you're having sex to somebody you are not married to, that is called fornication. Now, there's certain forms of fornication, like we've talked about before, with a woman caught in the act of adultery, because she was actually married and having sex with somebody she wasn't married to, but that's still a form of fornication. Having sex outside of marriage is fornication. Alright? That's what it is. And that is sin. Alright, so 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. Now, that passage is so clear, right? Your body, as believers, is not for fornication. So stop, telling, stop saying to whoever you're fornicating with, oh, this, you know, my body is for you. You know, that's why I'm doing all these work. I'm, it's, it's for you. No, your body's for the Lord. That means it's amazing. So if I, my body's for the Lord, I mean, that, means, that means I need to be exercising my body when it comes to the things of God. Make sure I'm putting in my body what God wants me to put into this body. It's for the Lord. For His purpose. And the Lord for the body. So, God, so the Lord's like, that's my body you got. Remember, I'm the Lord. I'm your Lord. We always want to make Jesus our Savior, but well, that lordship part is where, where we have issues with. But you accepted him. You accepted him for, not only for the forgiveness of your sins, but as your Lord. He is master. Alright, so now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. I'll read that again. Know ye not your body, the body that you are fornicating with. They say your body is a member of Christ. Now I'm going to tell you this. Christ is not fornicating with anybody. So why are you taking your body and, make, and, and, and fornicating with it. When it's supposed to be a member of Christ. That means your body should be used as instruments of righteousness. Not instruments of, 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 of flesh or, or, or corruption. 
It should be used as instruments of righteousness. Your body. And having sex outside of marriage is not an instrument of righteousness. So know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ. It says, then why do I take the members of Christ and make them members to a harlot? Why are you taking your, your body and having sex with someone that you are not married to? Again, your body being members of Christ. Again, that's why this is for believers. I'm telling you. That what the world is doing is what the world is doing. But you're supposed to be called out from the world. Why are you caught up with things that the world are caught up with? As a believer. You should be distinctly different when it comes to your sexual activity outside of marriage. That means that is not an option. And, you, and you, again, having sex outside of marriage is not only not an option, but you should be able to tell people that, that it's not an option. In other words, I'm not even going to play with it. So that means if I get into a dating and I get into a court relationship, that is a standard that comes up front. I'm going to tell you from the very be- from the very front, from the very beginning of this relationship, I am not having sex with you. You can say that. I'm not. That is God's standard. I'm not going to take the members of Christ and join it with a harlot because I am a believer. I am not going to do that. So that means if you can't handle that, then we can end this relationship right now. See, that's what I mean about this is serious, right? These, this is when you get to a place where you get mature, right? When you're, you say, you, when, I, when am I ready to date? When am I ready to court? That's the maturity state. If you can't tell the other person you're about to date in court those things up front, you're not, re- you're not mature enough to date in court. You still have a high school mentality about these things. Not an adult mentality. Be, be up front. Let them know what the standard is that you live by. And let them say, well, that's... That's the old fashioned. That's your parents talking. No, that's me talking because I am a believer in Jesus Christ. See, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Why are you ashamed of the gospel when it comes to sex? You know, you, you, you know say for a, a girl, you know, you got time to minister the gospel to this guy. And after you minister the gospel to the guy, you're sleeping with him. You just ruin your witness. But I led him to the Lord. But yeah, you, and he led you to the bedroom. That, that's foolish, ignorant on your part. That shows you ain't got a standard. Yeah, but all of heaven rejoice when one, one sinner is converted. Yeah, but who's rejoicing now when you're sitting in there having sex with a man you're not married to? That you led to the Lord. Where's the rejoice at? It's illegal. You can't play a legal game with God and win. Alright, so know ye not that your members of, of your body, I'm saying your bodies are the members of Christ. <laughs> Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. I, I love how I say God forbid. So, I mean, whose standard is this? God. God said no. Not your parents. God said no. God forbid it. You know what forbid means, right? Don't do it. It's not an option. God's commandment is true. He's commanding you, no. You're not going to take the members of Christ and join it to the members of a harlot. God says, no. Verse 16. What? Know ye not that which he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined into the Lord is one spirit. Verse 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. 
But he that committed fornication, you sinneth against his own body. Let that sink in. Every time you commit fornication, you just sinned against your own body. You sinned against God because it's God's commandment. But you also sinned against your own body. What does it mean I sinned against my own body? You bring in corruption and death to your own body. That means, you know, that means you might as well just go ahead and take a knife and start stabbing yourself. You might as well just bring corruption and death to your own body. But that sounds like you're crazy. That's how crazy it is for you to have sex outside of the marriage covenant. You're sinning against your own body. That means your body will not work properly for you. And again, in your mind, I understand. I, I've been a young man before. I, I, I've been young. And, you, and when you're young, you think you're invincible. But baby, wait till you get older. And you want that body to perform. And you think you're Samson going to shake yourself. And the Spirit of God has been left you. And your body, and your body strength has left as well. Because you sinned against it. Your own body. And now it's time for you to perform, and everybody's like, I'm sorry. You know, the back end is caught up to you. I'm not able to perform anymore. I'm not able to function like you, like you thought I should, or like I should, because you sinned. And sin has taken root in this body, and now it's, and now it's going to bring forth fruit. See, I'm telling you, if you start saying these things to those that you're dating, according with, you know, you ain't going to get in no bedroom. You say, this stuff becomes real, it gets real, real quick, right? You start saying, well, you know something, if I have sex with you, I'm going to sin against my own body. Who wants to hurt, hurt their own body? If you do something that's wrong with you, mentally, you need to check yourself into a place where they, where they get you a little small room and strap you down because something's wrong, you want to hurt yourself. That's, how, that's what you're doing when you're having sex outside of marriage. You are hurting your own self. You're sinning against your own body. Flee fornication, verse 18. You know what I mean by flee, right? Flee fornication. I mean, I got to leave it. That means fornication is going to the right, I'm going to the left. I have to flee it. I have to avoid it. That means I, I should not put myself in situations where there's an opportunity to fornicate, to have sex outside of marriage. That's fleeing fornication. You know, you can't get yourself in a place where, you know, well, well, I can just get close to it and I won't do it. No, flee it. That means in your relationships, your dating and courting relationships, these things have been taught already through the teachings. You should make sure that you're not at, at your girlfriend's house or your boyfriend's house at a certain time of night. Right? Put boundaries around that. And make sure you're not alone together. Why? Because your flesh is going to get excited. And now you put yourself in a position where you will end up having sex. No, I'm strong enough. I'm not going to be able to do it. No, you're going to do it. You're going to have sex. And if you don't have sex at that time, you thought about it. You wanted to. It was just because some, some situation happened that you couldn't actually fall, fall through on it. But you actually wanted to do it. And then when the opportunity comes next time, you're going to do it. That's fleeing fornication. I'm not putting myself in the situation where I can fornicate. I'm going to remove that environment. That's why it's good to be around other believers in your dating court relationship. Here's a, good, here's a good believer to be around in your dating court relationship. Your parents. Those are good people to be around. That means if you have your girlfriend and your boyfriend over, invite your parents. Go over to your parents' house. 
have your date night over there. You know, if you got your own place and you got it going on like that, you got your own little apartment and got it all nice and decked out and, and you invite your boyfriend over because, you know, y'all gonna have y'all a nice romantic evening, invite your parents over. They can enjoy you cooking for them. They don't cook for you the last 25, 26 years. It's nice for you to cook for them, have a meal with you and your boyfriend or you and your girlfriend. Let them be over there with y'all. I'm going to trust you. When your parents are over there, you, you ain't even thinking about sex then. Your parents have a whole other conversation with you and whoever the, the, the female is or whoever the guy. Y'all just having a good time. You're able to keep your body under. See, that's fleeing fornication. Well, that's just old fact. I don't want to do it. I just want to be alone with my boyfriend. That's why I got a boyfriend. I don't want to be alone. You know, you want to have sex. You don't want to be alone with your boyfriend. You want to have sex with your boyfriend or sex with your girlfriend. See, this is God's standard. And I'm telling you, all I'm doing is reading you the Bible. Right? Don't get mad at me. This is God's standard. Don't get mad at your parents when they're telling you God's standard. That's what they're supposed to do. They're raising a godly seed. And the godly seed should have a godly standard. So they're raising a godly seed. They're giving you God's standard and you're mad. But you claim to be, you know, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Why don't you speak in tongues before you're having sex? Oh, you know, you can pray down all of heaven. Won't you pray down all of heaven before that time hits? I'm going to tell you, you start speaking in tongues, whoever you with, they're going to they're gonna start either leaving or speaking in tongues with you. Start praying in the Spirit. Again, I'm saying speak in tongues, because don't even get legal with it. Oh, I'm just praying in the Spirit. No, you got to say it loud. Speak in tongues when, you, when your boyfriend and girlfriend is over there. When they knock on the door and they come in, instead of having that, that romantic music playing, when they walk in, you be around this, this praying in the spirit. They're like, what? I thought I was getting something tonight. Yeah. You finna get caught with the Holy Ghost tonight. <laughs> praying in the spirit when they walk in the door. Set the whole tone for the evening. See, that's fleeing fornication. Yeah, just, I, I, said, I said this last time, I keep saying this from the first message. This message, the whole goal of this is to bring you to a place where you are restored. This is restoration, people, I'm telling you. Because many of you young adults are out there having sex outside of marriage. Many. And young adults can be anybody under 60. You're having sex outside of marriage. Who said that? God said that. That's why we're teaching these things. And it's time for you to be restored from those activities because you have sinned against God. And again, we're not here to condemn you. We're here to restore you. And part of your restoration process, you got to flee fornication. you got to avoid it. Well, you know, I just want to have some, you know, again, these are single people. I want to have some, some time alone with the opposite sex. I'm tired of being around, you know, same sex people that have the same sex as me, same gender I am. And nothing's wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having time with somebody of the opposite sex. Having some fellowship with them. There's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure you have the right boundaries around it. Remember I said before, it's amazing to me how we can't be friends with, with you know, two people of the opposite gender can't be friends. I don't know what that is. It, it, how come I can't be with somebody unless it's always about a hookup? And we saw that with Jesus. We saw that he, you know, Jesus was around women by himself. 
with women, wrong women. And it wasn't a hookup. It was all around God's purpose. Even though the woman he was around was thirsty, had appetites, he did not play with that. He, he kept it right where it needs to be at, to bring for restoration to her. So she can get on God's purpose and witness the gospel to the Samaritans. You know, it's all about God's purpose. How come y'all can't be around each other as friends and go out witnessing? After y'all have lunch together, after you have dinner together, go, go, go door to door and start knocking on people's door with your mask on and tell them about Jesus. No, all we're thinking about is a bedroom. Having sex. You're outside of the purpose of God. You need to be restored. See, it's, I'm telling you, it's all about him. So flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. You see that your body is a temple. Right? The temple of who? The Holy Ghost. And where does the Holy Ghost live? In you. Now, why am I taking the Holy Ghost with me to my sexual activities outside of marriage? He's in you. If, some, if, if the Holy Ghost is in you, where can you go that He's not there? He's there. That's why I said start praying in the Spirit. He's there. He's there to help you and guide you. That's why, I, I, I'm telling you, that's why you never fall into these things. You're never like, well, it just, just happened. Nothing, having sex outside of marriage just don't happen. Right? And first of all, there's too many clothes to take off for most people. Maybe some of y'all other play. There's too many clothes to take off normally before it just happened. And then the Holy Spirit is in you convicting your heart. Because the Holy Spirit already sees your heart. He already knows the direction this is going. He already hears you making comments you shouldn't be making to that, to that person. To entice them, to seduce them. You know, and once you make that one comment, when you know your motives are wrong, the Holy Spirit is like, you shouldn't have said that. What are you doing? Why you say that to that female? Why are you touching her emotions? And for the female, why are you, hey, why are you playing with his ego? The Holy Spirit will convict you like, you shouldn't have said that. What you doing? He's right there. So you got to drown out all that, the, the conviction of God, to get into sex outside of marriage. That's how come you bring forth, you know, with them other kind of things, drugs, alcohol, and those activities. Can we talk about believers? Because you're, you're trying to drown out the conviction of God. So you can feel your lust. That's sin. And you sin against your own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Again, I, I, I've said these statements before. Your body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. He is so clear on this passage of Scripture. He said your body, which is God, it belongs to him. Your body belongs to God. That is His possession. That's why He said, glorify God in your body that belongs to Him. It belongs to Him. See, again, we're wondering why can I have sex? Why, you know, what's wrong with having sex? It's going against God's commandments. God's order. You're going against God's authority. 
That body belongs to him. Once you, again, maybe somebody should have told you this when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Thought it was cute because you wanted to get water baptized because you saw all the children get water baptized, get in the pool. But you, it's more to it than just getting wet. God is now my Lord, my Savior. My body is going to glorify God. For how long? All the days of my life. And here's the beauty of this. Even if you get married, your body still should be glorifying God. Glorifying God in your body. Because the Holy Spirit dwells there as a temple. Always glorifying God. That's why I shouldn't take alcohol or drugs to my body. Because that's not glorifying God. I shouldn't have sex outside of marriage because that's not glorifying God. See, sex is not a casual activity that we do in our dating court relationship. I got to glorify God. But again, you say in your dating court relationship, make sure I address this. You say, well, you know, but we love each other, right? We love each other. So if you love each other and and you just can't contain, then guess what you need to do? Let me tell you what you need to do. Go to 1 Corinthians 6. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you're so much in love with each other and got to have sex with one another, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, it says, But if they can't contain, let them marry. For it's better to marry than to burn. It's better to marry than to burn your lust because you can't contain. If you are love with one another, you, y- y'all just love each other. Whatever love is to you, even though it's lust, but you say you love each other, then get married. Get married. You know, have a marriage. You know, marriage where you're going to have vows. You've got to stay at the end of the vows. I do. I accept this. Get married. Right? Get married. If you love each other so much. But here's the thing, right? And, and, and I'll tell you, this is a good way to understand... <clears throat> Where you are in your relationship, then dating court, right? If you, if, if, if you say a guy keeps telling you that how much he loves you, bring up to him, well, let's get married. And watch that guy's response. That guy's like, I don't want to marry you. I just want to sleep with you. I just want to have sex with you. But I ain't finna marry you. I'm not ready to get married yet. Or, or vice versa, you know, for a, a guy with dating a girl. Uh, and she gets in a place, you know, how much she loves you. So you love me so much, and hey, won't you marry me? You know, I think you'd be, I want you to be my wife. She's like, I ain't gonna be your wife. You ain't got no job. You ain't gonna make no money. You can't take care of me. I ain't gonna leave my daddy's house. I just, I just like having a good time with you. You find out real quick what it's about. It's all about the sin, it's all about the illicit sex. See, those that don't want to get married but want to have sex, all they want to do is they want the pleasure without the covenant or the commitment or the responsibility. I just want the pleasure, but I ain't going to commit to you. I'm not going to go in covenant with you. I just want to be pleasured. Well, you would pleasure yourself with somebody else because I'm all about covenant and commitment because marriage is a covenant. We learn that in these teachings. And that's why sex should only be uh, involved in the covenant of marriage. 
But again, if you if you so in love with each other, get married. So now you realize that that guy doesn't want to marry you. Now you realize that girl doesn't want to marry you. That lady wants to marry you. Then guess what that means? Sex is no longer an option. That's part of your restoration process. Let them know. We're done. But what if I buy you a ring? And a, No, I ain't, ain't about no ring. I'm talking about we got to go in front of some minister and actually do vows and say, I do, before you have sex with me. Because you put a ring. Hey, you took that ring off the last girlfriend and gave it to me. That don't mean nothing. A ring don't mean that, that I'm committed to you. When you say I do to them vows, hey, you, hey, that's commitment. Now we can have sex. That's the order we need to have. Because if not, you, that, that's gossip. If not, you'll, you'll get, end up being the, get into the devastations of sex. The devastation list of sex is what you end up having. Now, I mentioned illicit. Let's go ahead and define this word illicit. Because maybe for many of us, we may not understand what illicit means. Right? But illicit means unauthorized, outlawed, prohibited, illegal, banned, unsanctioned, meaning non-lawful, or my favorite one, bootleg. That's illicit sex. So that's what illicit means. That means it's sex that is unauthorized. What is unauthorized sex? Sex you're having outside of marriage. That is unauthorized. Well, who authorized sex in marriage? God did. Why did God authorize sex inside of marriage? Because marriage, again, is God's divine institution that He has established. And you and your point as, as agreeing to enter into that institution of marriage. Outside of the institution of marriage, Sex is not even an option. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even be talking about sex while you're dating in court. It's not even an option. It only comes into play when you get married. Sex is not an option. It shouldn't be part of the conversation. I wonder what it's going to be like to have sex with you when we get married. I guess you, you, guess you have to wait and see. I'm not even discussing that, how it's going to be like. Oh, girl, you know, I'll rock your world. And all, all that, that's just silly stuff. You shouldn't be discussing that. Because it's not even an option before you get married. It's illicit. It's unauthorized, outlawed, prohibited, illegal, banned, unsanctioned, bootleg. I'm not going to have no bootleg sex with you. You make it sound so nasty and so dirty. It is. That's the whole point of this. That's what God is trying to say. You know, get, get this. All of sin is, is nasty. All of sin. Not just sex outside of marriage. All of it. Guess what? Lying is nasty. Being covetous is nasty. All, every sin is nasty. I don't know why we feel like sex outside of marriage is not considered that kind of sin. It's nasty. Now, we're ready to condemn somebody to hell for other stuff they do that's sin. But when it comes to sex outside of marriage, we want to pass. You're not getting no pass to sin. You heard what you, we read this. God, he said, God forbid you take the members of Christ and join them with, with the harlot. God forbid that. It is sin. The gravity of it is nasty. It's wrong. So 
So that's what it means by illicit. So what's the devastations of having this unauthorized, unsanctioned, this bootleg sex? The devastation of it, first and foremost, is consequences. Understand this. Every sin that you committed has consequences. And here is the beauty about consequences. You know what the beauty of consequences is? You do not choose the consequences. You don't choose what the consequences are. You don't choose when they come. You don't choose how long they last. You don't have any kind of authority around the consequences. Nothing. Why? Because the consequences are built into the sin. So that means you have no choice of it. Because you know, here's our mind. Well, I can, I can, hey, you know, I, I have a little sex outside of marriage because I can handle the consequences. How can you handle something you don't even know what's coming? You don't even know what the consequences are. You have no idea. And what happens is you look at other people that have had sex outside of marriage and you saw in your mind their consequences and you said, well, I can handle those consequences. But now understanding your consequences will be different than theirs. Because they had sex outside of marriage and they didn't have a child. But you was just dreaming about having sex outside of marriage and all of a sudden the girl come up pregnant. Like, did we even do something? I, I, was just, I thought I was dreaming. She's like, I'm with, I'm with baby, I'm with child. That's your consequence. And then now for the rest of your day, you got a child outside of sex, outside of marriage. For your one-time activity, one time. You're like, I was with that girl one time, one night. It wasn't even, it wasn't even that long. You're exactly right. For your few minutes of pleasure, you got a lifetime of choices to deal with. And here comes that child. Along with the mama that you said, I don't want to marry her, but you had sex with her. Those are consequences. And you, you hey, you have no cho- choosing of the consequences. You know when your choice came? To not have sex. That was your choice. That was your decision-making process was right then and there. When you had the opportunity to flee fornication, that's when you should have made the choice. That's the choice that you had control over. You can control that choice. I'm going to flee fornication. You cannot control the consequences. And let me, let me help you out too. Your parents can't control the consequences for you. Well, baby, you have sex with this girl or, or you have sex with this guy. You know, I, I, you know it's okay. I, I, you know, I can help you out. No, they, can't, they don't know what the consequences are coming. You may mess around and have sex with a woman. They may end up with triplets. Now, I'm going to tell you, all your family going to disown you then. Like, what? We did not have one baby. You got three of them. And you're not even married to this woman. Didn't even, hey, you didn't even know triplets ran in their family. Because you, all you was about the sex. You didn't do any of your due diligence. You didn't even sit down and have that conversation. Instead of having one child, you got three children from one night or one afternoon. One time. I'm telling you, you cannot choose the consequences. They're built into the sin. And then your life is changed Forever. Don't miss that. When you sin, when you have sex outside of marriage, your life is changed forever. That's the devastation of it. That means something in your life is going to come to an end. And in some cases, you have forfeit things. You have put things into motion in your life. That's not only going to affect you, but affect everybody around you. You did that. You put things into motion. 
I'll tell you, that's why it's so good to go, go read about David and Bathsheba. From David's encounter with Bathsheba, watching a woman that, that was bathing that was naked, from that one encounter, the Bible says that sin never left, I mean, uh, the sword never left his house. From that one act of sin, it said the sword never left his house. Now, now David, he didn't understand what that meant, but he, he saw it firsthand. Because he's thinking, okay, well, the sword never left my house. Fine. I mean, the, the baby, so the baby that he had from Bathsheba, the baby died. Matter of fact, the baby died from that, that encounter with Bathsheba. They don't even mention what the baby's name is. But then here comes the drama after that. One of his sons was vexated with, one of, with his own sister. And ended up defiling his sister. And then one of the brothers got mad because, hey, you defiled my sister and ended up uh, killing him. So now there's another child you don't lost, David. From that one act with Bathsheba. And then that son that, that killed the other son named Absalom, he turned out to be a real, real catch. Because he had got to a place where he now took the kingdom from David. Mad because David didn't deal with the other son. Got to a place where this other son ran David, his daddy, out of the house, out of the out of the kingdom, and ended up sleeping with some of his concubines. All from this one act. I'm saying you can't choose these consequences. You can't choose them. I'm saying if you can rewind this, you'd be like, I would have never. Hey, Bathsheba, hey, you look good, girl, but you can stay over there bathing in your place. I ain't gonna send for nobody to come get you. It's not worth it. The consequences are never worth it. Never. You can't undo it. From that one act. That's why when David became an old man, they tried to put a woman in his bed to keep him warm. He's like, that's okay, I'll stay cold. I don't need a woman in my bed. That's all right. David, hey, I remember what happened the last time I had a woman in my bed that I shouldn't have had. I'm done, I'm done with this. That's what the Bible says. David didn't do this act no more. But here's the point. Why didn't you make that choice from the very beginning? It's easy to talk about David. But let's talk about you. You born again believer. Again, that accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord. So you love to tell people that you say. But when it comes to your sexual activities, again, we're talking about these single individuals. Your sexual activities... Are you are are they considered uh, salvation? Are they, can they witness about your salvation with Christ? Your sexual activities. Do they witness about the goodness of the Lord? Your sexual activities. This is time to check yourself. Stop having sex with a person you're not married to. If you can't stop, then get married. Get married. And then once you get married, we got a whole other message for you. But get married. You avoid these devastations. You avoid these consequences. Get married. Turn to Proverbs chapter 5. And we'll probably end with this passage of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 5. <clears throat> the devastations of illicit sex. And again, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, we say these things, but I... I 
I'm far from crazy, right? Because you know, I don't know what I don't know what people believe this, right? Everybody thinks, well, I can I can do these things, and it won't. It's not going to happen like that for me. In other words, it's always different for me. Everybody thinks that. Like I said, I've been young once. One part of my life, I was young too. I thought, oh, I'm not going to get what they got because you know I'm smarter than they were. I know how to handle my sexual activity that I won't get caught. But where can you run from God? Everybody thinks they're smarter in their time and their generation. Like he just re- they just invented things now that just happened now. It's nothing new under the sun, baby. And with all your smartness, you're going to be the first one that's going to go down and your witness is going to be ruined. Because you're arrogant, you're ignorant, thinking that you can take fire to your bosom and not get burned. You cannot. Proverbs chapter 5, look at this in verse number 1. It says, My son, attend unto my wisdom, bow, bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. Again, the strange woman, and we said this before, the strange woman represents illicit sex and is not a gender. It's talking about a male and a female having sex outside of the marriage covenant. That's the strange woman. And I like how it said their lips drop with honeycomb. Honeycomb is sweet. Right? And then it says her mouth is smoother than oil. So the sweetness gets your attention, but it's the smoothness that keeps you coming. So you better be careful with this. It's the sweetness that gets your attention. Everybody likes something sweet. Oh, I want something sweet. Yeah, that sweetness got your attention. And then that smoothness keeps you coming. That's the strange one. That's the illicit sex. The illicitness of it. While y'all hiding and, and acting like y'all being holy, but you're not. That, see, that's all the illicit part of it. Telling your parents, we ain't doing nothing. Again, if you have to tell your parents you ain't doing nothing, you're doing something. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. You get this, right? The bitterness will come in. Her end is. Not the beginning. The consequences of it is bitter as a wormwood. And sharper a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of the way. Her ways are movable that thou cannot, canst, canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way from her. Remove thy way from her. Remove thy way from her. And come not nigh the door of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years, thy years unto the cruel. You're going to give your years unto the cruel. That's called the back end. Your years. Why am I life being so hard? Why is it so hard for me? I don't know, believe how come things are so hard. Go back to those sexual activities you had when you was a young person, and now you relate that to them years of cruelty you have. You put things into motion. Years. Let strangers be filled with thy wealth <laughs> and thy labors in thy house of a stranger, and the morn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed and say, how have I hated 
instruction. And my heart despised the reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me. You see what you've done. This is your time of your teachers. You have not obeyed their voice. You have not inclined your ear to them that have instructed me. And I got like this how this passage got an exclamation point. You have not done this. He said, I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and the assembly. I was almost. Again, by this thing. And when it says in the evil of the midst, it's talking about being on the verge of total ruin. From what? From sex outside of marriage? Yes. From sex outside of marriage, you brought you to a place of the verge of total ruin. Total ruin where? Amongst the congregation and the assembly of the upright. You not only ruin your witness, but you don't forfeit the, the purpose and plan for God when it comes to ministry. That's, that's the total ruin. In other words, I don't want to stand before God and God say, you know, if you would have just reward yourself from that piece of tail, you could have did great things in the kingdom of God. But you went after that tail and now brought you to total ruin in, in my purpose and my plan. From a few minutes, and some of y'all fewer minutes than others, a pleasure has cost you total ruin when it comes to the plan and purpose of God. That's the devastation of illicit sex. That is never worth it. When I stand before God, I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not like, oh, you know, because of what you did, I had to move on to plan B because you didn't fulfill it because you was after the illicit sex, after the strange woman. And, 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 and this is because you did not take the counsel of your instructors and those that gave you the advice and the counsel. You refused it or like the Bible said, you pissed on it. That's the devastation of it. But again, this message is a message of restoration. You can be restored. You can be restored. You got to apply self-discipline. You got to get away from those you're having sex with. You got to put yourself under authority and under accountability of God. And endure. If not, then I'll say this again. Get married. And then you hear the next message about marriage. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.